Well, welcome again to Door Creek Church, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from. So good to be together, whether you're at one of our campuses, a venue across the hall, whether it's a Sunday, a Tuesday, a Friday, a Thursday, shout out to the women at Tashida. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us. Those who've been joining us up in Jackson, Wisconsin as well, and at Dodge Correctional. Man, it's so great. It's our honor to be able to do church together. So thanks for joining us. So here's my question as we begin. So what's your go-to? What's your go-to when times are like really hard? Is it a person? Is it a place? Is it something else? And by the way, how's that been working out for you as you turn to that? Jesus has been talking to his disciples and he's been saying, look, there's tough times coming for me. I'm here in Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. I'm going to be raised again. And you're going to go through it too. In this world, you're going to have trouble. That's the last thing he said in chapter 16, verse 33. And so now he says, all right, here's the deal. When times are tough, you're going to be tempted to fall away. To just chuck your faith, abandon God, and give up. And so I want you to understand that when times are tough, you need to turn to God. You need to turn to the Holy Spirit. He's your helper, guides you into the truth. You need to turn to the Father. He loves you and he delights to answer your prayers that are aligned with Jesus' will. You you need to turn to Jesus, Jesus says, for courage and for peace. So here's the cool thing. On the heels of that, Jesus models a prayer that is doing what exactly he told his disciples to do. Turn to God in prayer, the Father who loves you. So grab your Bible and we get to eavesdrop This is amazing, into Jesus' prayer. These are some of like the last words of his life, John chapter 17, before he dies. So the first thing we note is in his greatest hour of need, this is what he prays for. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Speaking about his death on the cross, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Now, have you noticed that we end most prayers saying, in Jesus' name, amen? Right? Have you heard that? In Jesus' name, amen. Why do we pray in Jesus' name? Not because it's this like magical little catchphrase at the end, and if you say that, it's a done deal. You get whatever you ask for. No, praying according to Jesus' name, in Jesus' name means we're praying according to Jesus' will and his nature and his character and what makes his heartbeat when our heartbeat and our prayers are aligned with his heartbeat then guess what we can know with confidence that the father will grant us whatever we ask that's what he just said in chapter 16 so what's with the amen why do we say amen maybe when you were little you thought they were saying the end is not the end amen means let it be so Let it be true. I agree with this prayer. So I'll say sometimes at the end of my prayer, and all God's people said, 
and you guys know what to say, but maybe you don't know what you're saying. When you say amen, you're saying, I agree with that prayer. And so here's the deal. Here's the big idea. When Jesus prays, say amen. Agree with what Jesus prays because it's a beautiful prayer for us. And it's a beautiful prayer that's a model for prayer for people in a hard time. This is his greatest hour of need. He's just talked to his disciples about all the hard things that are coming. This is how we should pray when times are tough. And we say amen. Say amen when Jesus prays for his father's glory. Oh yeah, amen. God be glorified. So this isn't a new prayer for him. He's already said this back in chapter 12. Now my soul is troubled, he says. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Beam me out of here. Take me up to heaven. No, it was for this very reason, this hour, the crucifixion primarily. I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. That's his priority. That's his focus. So do you understand what that means though? What does it mean to glorify the Father? Father, be glorified. We say amen. Father, be glorified. What does that mean? May, may you be honored. May you be set apart as the one and only God, the only true God. May you alone be praised. May, may all the worth that belongs to you just flow from from your people. Jesus saying, from me, from my life. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying a prayer, save me. It comes in the Bible, like repeatedly, hundreds and hundreds of times, you'll find this prayer, literally, save me. Nothing wrong with that prayer. And that's the temptation that we would have, typically in a time of, pro of trouble. God, save me. Get me out of this mess. Be me out of here, God. That's not where Jesus starts. Father, be glorified. Be glorified. Help me to honor you. To bring glory to you. To bring praise to you. As I face this hour with the desire to do your will. And so it's really interesting how he says it's going to happen. Father, be glorified. But here's how it's going to work. Father, glorify me so that I can glorify you. You're going to be glorified as I'm glorified. So what's he talking about? He's saying, Father, acknowledge the work that you've called me to do. The work on the cross. And by which you've given me authority over all people. To bring them into a right relationship with you. Not into religious practices with you. But so that they would know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's my purpose. That's my mission. That's the will that I agree to. That's your purposes from the beginning and before time began. And so be glorified as you glorify and recognize me and my obedience to you all the way to the cross. Be glorified. And so that's our starting point. And he's, he's teaching us that we ought to always be willing to be part of the prayer requests. Father, I pray that you be glorified. So what we're saying there is, and I am not only agreeing with that, but I want to be part of bringing you glory. Jesus is saying, be glorified, and I'm all in on that. Accomplishing the work that you've called me to do. If you pray something, you always need to be willing to be a, a part of the answer to that prayer. So here's the beautiful thing about this prayer. It gives us new perspective. 
The save me prayer is like I'm in it right here. And man, it's crazy. And there's all these circumstances. This is all about me. And all those things are true. It's about you, but it's about other people. And it's about circumstances, but it's bigger than that. And we lost the picture, the big picture. It's this prayer for Father, be glorified that lifts us up to the greater perspective of like, it's not just about me and these circumstances. It's about God and his honor. And it's this beautiful perspective that just centers us and gives us a new goal here, which isn't, I got to get out of here. It's, man, Lord, I got to give you glory. That's what I want. I want to give you glory in this. Not exactly sure what that looks like, how, how to do that, but help me to bring you glory here. So when Jesus prays for God's glory, God's people say, amen. Let it be so. Let God be honored. Let him get all the praise. Let him get all the honor. So that's his first request. And then he turns to four things that have to do with prayer requests that has his followers then and now in view. And what we want to catch up with, it's not just what he prayed 2,000 years ago, guys. It's what he continues to pray today. Why can I say that? Because that's what the scriptures say about what Jesus is doing. And he's not just like, pretty soon here, I'm going to come and make all things new and I don't have really anything. No, it says this in Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, he, Jesus, is able to save completely those who come to God through him, meaning through faith in Christ, because he always lives to do what? Look at that. To intercede for them. Who's the them? It's us, those who place their faith in Christ. That's what he does. He lives, he exists right now to intercede, to pray on our behalf. That's what it means to intercede. To pray on somebody else's behalf. That's Jesus for us. When we were sleeping last night, he was praying for you and for me. So what does Jesus pray for the church? What did he pray then? What is he praying now? I, I think very likely the very same things because they're all in play right now. So here's the first thing. Um, he prays for our protection. So look at verse 6, okay? When he prays for his disciples, man, we're just saying, let it be true. All that you're praying for us. Amen, Jesus. Verse 6. I've revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they've obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you've given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. In other words, that, that he is the son of God, that he's divine. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I'll remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction. So the scripture would be fulfilled. Speaking of Judas, Psalm 41 verse 9. I'm coming to you now, but I'm saying these things while I'm still in the world. So that they may, be, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I've given them your word and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world, any more than I am of the world. 
My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. So this, this is wild, you guys. He's, he's about to go to the cross to bear the sin of the whole world, past, present, future. And in his greatest need, he could be totally focused on the sufferings that are going to come and this cosmic burden that he's going to bear of bearing all the guilt of all our wrongdoing. But he's focused on the Father's glory. And he's praying for us. He's praying for his disciples. So who are his disciples? Who are his followers? Well, he says, the ones that the Father gave him, the ones who obeyed God's word, that, that is Jesus' words, because Jesus is saying, the words I gave are the Father's words, and the ones that accepted my words, that have taken my words and believed in them and acted on them, the ones that believed that I came from you, Father, have been sent from you, that, that I am God's Son, the promised Savior. These are my followers, the ones who actually live and bring me glory and honor. And so he prays four things. Four things that he prays for his disciples then and now. And the first thing is for our protection. And when Jesus prays for our protection, the response is, yes, thank you. Let it be true. I agree with that. Lord, I need your protection. Amen to that. Amen. So how does he protect us? Well, through the power of his name. That is his nature and his character, his eternal power. How does he protect us? Through his word. He keeps mentioning the word. The word that you gave to me, Father, I gave to them. They believed it. They've accepted it. They've accepted my word. They've accepted your word. Protect them by the word. The word of God protects us. Why? Because it's a lamp unto our feet, the psalmist says, that guides the way. The spirit, the spirit of truth we just read in chapter 16. He guides us into truth, taking the word. When we hide God's word in our heart, it keeps us from temptation and falling into temptation and sin. The the word of God is useful, right? It teaches us. It, It corrects us. It reproves us, right? It trains us to live rightly before God and others. His word, his word. And what does it protect us from? Well, the world that's opposed to Jesus, that hates and opposes him and those who follow him and the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In fact, if you want to do something this week, it's compare this prayer with what we sometimes call the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer, Matthew chapter 6. Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's what he's praying, protection from the evil one. The one who comes to steal, to kill and destroy our unity, our joy. And so the point is, when we're going through these things, that we, we want to pray for protection. Protection as we live for him and go through hard things. The, 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 the go-to is, get me out of here. We're praying for the Father's glory. Get me out of here. We're praying, Lord, I know that maybe you want me to stay in this right now. We can do both. Get me out of here. But Lord, if you want me to stay in this hard place right now, protect me. Protect me. Yeah, protect me so that we'll be united as a church. Protect me so that I'll have the full measure of your joy. Protect me, Lord, so I'll be close to you, experiencing eternal life, right? 
So he prays for our protection. He also prays for our progress. And when Jesus prays for our progress, verse 17 through 19, we also say, amen to that. Let it be true. Help me to become more like you. So look at that, starting in verse 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So the word that protects is the word that sanctifies us. We'll unpack that in a second. I've sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, Jesus says, that they too might be truly sanctified. All right, sanctified. Now, it's not a word we use, but you understand it. Because the concept is this. Something that is sanctified is holy. It's been set apart for a purpose. It's like the orange lazy boy in our living room when I was growing up. Did you have one of those? Man, that was a great chair, but I never got to sit in it because it was sanctified. It was set apart for dad. That's where he read his Bible in the morning. That's where he watched his news at night. That's where he watched Johnny Carson later in the evening. That's where he took his Sunday afternoon nap. And if he was in the room, that was sanctified for dad. And everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. You might be in there. You might be kicked back reclining. But dad walks in the room. Boop, you're out of it. Because that chair is sanct. So we get it. And there's all kinds of sanctified things in your life. Jesus is praying that we would be sanctified. That we'd be set apart. That we'd be distinct in this world. Set apart for God. Set apart to, for his purposes. Set apart that more and more we're, we're becoming like Jesus. So he's praying for our progress. Our progress individually. Our progress corporately. That more and more we would look and think and act like Jesus. So that more and more we'd be better prepared to accomplish his mission in this world, seeing more people become devoted followers of Christ. Our progress. Doesn't just pray for our progress, though. Jesus also prays for our unity. Verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. Speaking about his disciples 2,000 years ago, right? Who followed him for three and a half years. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Huh, that's us. You guys, the night before Jesus died, he was praying for you. He was praying for me. He was praying for us, for all who would believe the message of the apostles that is recorded here in God's word, the Bible. And what's he praying? Verse 21, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, this mysterious oneness, unity, may they also be in us so that the world may, here's the purpose, here's why he's praying these things, so that the world may believe. Believe what? That you sent me. That they believe the gospel. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That they believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So when Jesus prays for our unity, we're, we're agreeing with that and we're working for that. As far as it depends on us, Romans 12, 9. We're living at peace with all 
people, right? How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity, Psalm 133. We're living for that. He's praying for that, that we would be one. This mysterious union that's complete, that it's in Christ. We're united in Christ, not because of anything we've done, but because of our trust in Christ. And so that we're united with Christ and together united into his family. We are one. And he wants us to experience this oneness, complete oneness and unity so that we would be a mighty instrument in God's world to point people to God. We become this apologetic, this defense for the gospel. And here's what it is. The gospel is, we're sinners. God is holy. Jesus came, lived a sinless life, died on the cross to pay the penalty of our sins so that we could be forgiven and have peace with God. And the peace of God so that we can know God and have eternal life, this relationship. It's all about reconciliation. And he's saying, look, when you're one, you are living out the power of the gospel that reconciles us to God and us to each other. And when we're not living together as one and we're not united but divided over whatever it is. And we talked about this recently. There's been... Never more reasons to be divided as a church than this past year has brought us. Never more reasons. And so when they see us divided, the, the, the person who's far from God goes, well, I understand the message of the gospel is about reconciliation, but obviously it's not that powerful because you guys can't live in reconciled peace with each other. You guys are so busted up fighting, church splitting, and all the rest, taking each other to court. No, He's praying for our unity so the world will believe the gospel. Complete unity. And then finally he prays in verses 24 through 26 for our safe passage home. Look at that. Verse 24. Father, I want those you have given me, my disciples, my followers who believe and accept my word, to be with me where I am. That's my idea of just bring us safely home. With me where I am. And to see my glory, the glory you've given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you've sent me. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. And so, yes, he prays for our protection. He prays for our progress. He prays for our unity. And he prays for our safe passage home. Father, bring him home safely tonight. Bring him home safely at the end of the day. Now, if you're a parent and you got kids going off uh, wherever it is on a long trip, we would just pray. Pray, pray for safety. Well, some of us, just that's what we do before we, we get in a car on a trip. Lord, just keep us safe. And, and that's some of the prayers that we pray regularly. Safe. We pray for safety. But the, but the safety he's praying for isn't just physical safety. He's praying that, that our souls... Would, would be brought all the way to heaven because we keep trusting in Jesus. Bring him safely home. Father, I, I want to live forever with these people, my followers. Bring him home safe. Bring him home safe. So it's Jesus' prayer. And this is a great model for us. Oh, man, this is a great model. 
that when times are tough and we're tempted to fall away, turn to God. And we turn to the Father who loves us in prayer. And this is the model of how we should be praying right now. Where, where is that in your life right now? What's hard? What relationship? What circumstances? What, how should you be applying this prayer? Because you should. Because this isn't just a word of encouragement that Jesus prays for us. He did then, he continues to now. Like this is a model prayer of what can just give us legs to our prayers that sometimes are so general. And we don't know how to pray except for God help and help them. And, and it's when we feel like, man, it's just like so general. This is given a specificity. We're praying for his glory. We're praying right for protection, for their progress and progress in the faith. We're praying for unity. We're praying that they'd make it to heaven by God's grace. So let's apply it. So let me help you work it through. So right now, one of the tough things in your life is a relationship. I don't know where it is doesn't really matter if it's in your marriage close friend someone in your family here's how we pray applying this prayer God help me to honor you right now in this difficult situation father be glorified as I seek to honor you by trusting you and doing your will father protect me protect me from my emotions protect me from losing perspective protect me from making it all about me protect me from the temptations right now that would cause me to dishonor you deliver me from the evil one right now protect me by your word may your word be clear in my mind holy spirit use the word to guide me right now so that i am walking the path of honor to the praise and honor of god we also pray assuming that they're christians father don't let this rift continue. Lord, bring your reconciling grace to this and help me to lead and be a peacemaker here. Unite us so that the world will believe that the power of the gospel is real. And Father, don't let this trial knock me off course. Don't let me lose my way. Bring me safely home, Lord. My goal is to finish well and across the finish line with my eyes on the prize, seeing you, Jesus, and spending the rest of my eternity with you, Jesus. And so help me to be faithful today that I might be found in your presence forever. For a friend, a son, a daughter, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister who's far from God right now, this is a great prayer. Father, help them to see your glory, your goodness, your mercy, your compassion. Show it to them. As they're reading the Bible right now, help them to see Jesus. As they're maybe doing life with a Christian, help them to see Jesus because he is the exact representation of your glory. Protect them from the world, the lies of the world, the evil one. Lord, I pray that you'd surround them and get them in proximity with other Christians that love you and are actually loving each other and living out this oneness. Dear God, I pray that they would join me one day. I'll bring my son, bring my daughter safely home. It's what we pray. It's what we should be praying for our marriage. It doesn't have to be in rocky grounds right now. Our family, our church, God, we want you to be glorified. So protect us from all the pitfalls that would cause us to do anything but give you honor and glory. 
Lord, we, we, we pray that we be united around Jesus. Jesus, be the center of this marriage. Be the center of this family. Jesus, be the center of this church. We want to be a Christ-centered church for all people, Lord. And we want to not only be with you in heaven, but we want to take as many people. We want this whole family to come to you. We want this church and our ministries to bring more and more. This is what we pray. So we pray. So these are the things that Jesus is praying for us. These are the things that we need to be praying for ourselves and those God has placed in our lives. These are the things that give us like a clue, like a huge window in what's important to Jesus. Hello, the Father's glory. What's important to Jesus? The word of God that protects us. The word of God that sanctifies us. What's important to Jesus? His people, that we progress in the faith, that we'd be on mission with him, that we'd live in unity and that we'd be sure of our standing before God today and our standing with him forever. Oh, be encouraged. Be encouraged as God prays these things for you. Be encouraged as you pray these things for others because you're praying in Jesus' name. You're praying according to his will when you pray these things. And God says, I'll give you whatever you ask as you align your heart with Jesus and his purposes. So let's pray. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son, your only Son, who came into this world full of grace and truth, displaying your glory, pointing us to your heart of love. We thank you, Jesus, for living a life of obedience, always doing the Father's will to his honor and glory, obeying him all the way to the cross where you gave up your life that we might find life, for conquering death, the enemy, the devil himself, and sin by rising from the dead. And now seated at the right hand, you're praying for us and it just blows us away. The billions of people that you know us, you know what we're going through, you care. Thank you, Father. We pray that you grant eternal life. Even as we have just read, that eternal life is in knowing you, Father, and Jesus Christ in whom you have sent. We just pray as people are coming under the hearing of your word that you grant faith to believe and through that faith to receive eternal life, a relationship with you that profoundly changes all their life. And so, Lord Jesus, for the good work that you began in our lives, the good work that you promised to finish until the day Jesus comes or calls us home, we pray that we would live to your honor and glory, dear Father, and that we would point people effectively to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen.